This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi, I would just want to welcome everyone that is tuned into Radio K Pulpit. It's again that time. It's Alana Willie for you. And I'm going to be with you for the next hour on my program called Body Matters. And normally I have someone in the studio just to chat to you about a topic or someone in ministry. But today I'm going to be chatting to you myself about how do we endure difficult times. I know that we are going through times at the moment, there's a lot of hardship out there. And I just thought, what better topic to talk about than how do we endure the hardships that we are going through? And I also want to touch on hope. And I believe that we are all in need of hope and some form of encouragement during this time. So I want to take a little bit a look at What are the reasons or the biblical reasons for going through difficult times? So as you know, we live in a fallen world where we are exposed to many things. And this does not mean that as Christians, we are exempt from bad things happening to us. But when we've got Jesus on our side, we know that no matter what we go through, Jesus says he will never leave us nor forsake us. And in him and through him, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So there are many reasons, um, you know, we go through difficult times that we don't always understand. But as I said, no matter what we endure, the Lord promises that he will be with us in trouble. So let's look at Isaiah 43 verse 2 that says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. We have the Lord on our side to help us and carry us through these difficult times. Sometimes the Lord delivers us from unpleasant situations, but many times he allows us to go through them. So when he allows us to go through the storm, it might be unpleasant at the time, but there's always a greater purpose behind it, and therefore we need to trust him. You see, God is all-knowing. He knows the beginning from the end. And in James 1, verse 2 to 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Sometimes the battle that we are in might endure for a long time. And sometimes during that times we question God because, you know, we are are human. You know, God, why is this happening? Why haven't you come through for me? And um, we start questioning God. And when we endure hardships or struggles, it becomes often very difficult for us to exercise our faith and to put it into practice. But the Lord sees these opportunities to see how we are going to react and our faith and put our faith into practice. 
So in these situations, um, we just need to place our trust in him, no matter whether we can see the beginning from the end. And the more trials that we endure and experience God's faithfulness at the end of each trial, the more effective we become in future trials. Look, the Lord says that we will always, always go through hardship. Um, And there will always be suffering and there will always be things that will happen. And sometimes, you know, it's not about what is around it. It's how we are going to endure it. And the more we endure, the more more effective we become um, in, in walking through it. So trials is an opportunity for God to show us that he is faithful and that we have the ability to overcome anything through him. Trials are not always from God. I just want to say that the enemy comes with many things and many obstacles and many opposition. But he allows us, God allows us sometimes to go through these difficult times for our own benefit. So let's focus on the benefits of trials. So the main purpose of a trial is to build our character. You know, at the end of the day, we can't take anything with us when we pass on in life. The only thing we can take with us is our character. And God is interested in your character, is interested in my character. And the second thing is to strengthen us for future trials. And when when God strengthens us, it's like we come to a point when we go through so much hardship that sometimes we get to a point where we don't allow that hardship to affect us. And we learn to trust in God because sometimes what we are facing, we have no control over. And what the enemy intends for evil, God uses for our good. And that's in Exodus 50 verse 20. We need to remember that God will not allow anything to happen to his children without his permission. He is still in control of everything, even when it may not seem that way, even if you don't feel it. God is still on the throne and he is still in control of his children and what happens to them. You see, God will never give up on us. In James, it says that we should consider it pure joy when we face trials. And I believe like Job in, in verse 5, Job 5 is 22, uh, 22 um, it says we will be able to get to a point where we can say, you will laugh at destruction and famine and need not fear the wild animals. Wouldn't it be great where we can get to the point where we can see the enemy bringing destruction, we can see it coming from a mall, and we can just laugh and say, done that, got the t-shirt, been there, and you know, we've overcome. But the reality is that it's not always easy to be joyful during trials. But I've experienced that the Lord himself, during the time of hardship and trials, will always encourage us. Um, he will be with us to to help us to keep the faith. Um, I remember just a time where, and I think I might have mentioned this before, where I was just going through such a tough time, questioning God, why God, why isn't things coming through? Where you get to a point where, you know, why why bother to even pray? <laughs> you know, why bother God? You're not even coming through for me. 
And I remember that was a time when I was on holiday and I remember walking in the mall and I was waiting for someone who was doing shopping and I remember standing there and saying, God, I don't know, my faith is so low at this stage. And I remember a girl walking past me at that moment with a T-shirt on and on the back of her T-shirt it said, just keep the faith. And it was as if God had just spoken to me. He was just encouraging me, just keep on, keep on, keep on. Um, but anyway, so I know that God will never leave us alone. He will always try and encourage us, always try and and, and um, help us to persevere through whatever hardship or struggles we are going through. In, in Nehemiah 8 verse 10 it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, joy comes from knowing who we are and who we belong to in Christ. And just that on its own strengthens us and encourages us to keep us going. Just knowing that you belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Um, you know, no matter what happens at the end of the day, I just want to encourage you that God is still on the throne. The final decision is with him. So let's look at other situations where we might be going through hard times. You know, sometimes we go through difficult times because the Lord's disciplining us. Now, discipline normally comes due to some form of disobedience. And I'm just taking this from biblical perspective. Like in Proverbs 3.12, it says, For the father corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. And God delights in us. He loves us so much that he knows what we need to experience so that we will choose to come back to him. In Hebrews 12.11, it says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. You know, sometimes, as I said, God is busy with our character. You know, sometimes what we go through and what we endure is to build our own character and to produce the, the peaceful fruits of righteousness. And sometimes we also find ourselves in difficult situations due to sin. And sin and disobedience are kind of the same thing. And there's been times in the Bible where God has even handed men over to their own sins so that they would return to him eventually. And when I read this um, for the first time, I was like, sure, that's harsh. But let's read it. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 5, it says, Hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Another scripture in 1 Timothy 1, 19 to 20, it says, Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear, for some people deliberately violate their conscience. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Herminius and Alexander are two examples. I thought them out and handed them over to Satan so that they might learn not to blaspheme God. So I believe that God gives us so many chances, you know, to repent and turn from our sins. 
And even though it's, it might seem severe to be handed over to Satan, if you've just listened to those two scriptures I've read, God's ultimate intention is still for good. You see, God works all things out for the good of those who love him. His heart is that none of us should perish, but to have eternal life. And if we ask God for forgiveness, he is faithful and will forgive us of our sins. And he takes it from us as far as the east is from the west. He also says that he remembers it no longer. And you can read Psalm 103. That's like one of my favorite Psalms. And it just gives you the character of God. You know that God's heart is for us, um, you know, to deliver us, to heal us. And, um, you know, with God, if we belong to God, there's so much benefits in believing in him. And as Christians, we are continuously in a battle between good and evil. Where that scripture goes, I lay before you life and death, choose life. You know, the devil is out there to deceive us, to tempt us. And in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So every day we are faced with spiritual decisions. And in John 16, 33, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble. You see, we, we are not exempt from trouble. Even God says in this world we will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus said that as he suffered on this earth, so we will suffer too. And as Christians, we are sometimes even persecuted for our faith. I mean, in 1 Timothy 3 verse 12, it says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. We will go through trials and tribulations. But as we keep our mind fixed on him, And he will give us, he will give us that supernatural strength to endure. So as Christians, we need to know that we are fighting a battle. And you know that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of darkness. You know, we have a mission as Christians. Our mission is to establish heaven on earth. And the enemy will do anything in his power to resist God's purpose in our lives. If we look at Matthew 16, 24 to 26, it says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will a man profit if he gains the whole world? And forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? You must remember that this life is so short that we are living in. All these trials and tribulations and all of that is with God we can endure and we can overcome. 
And even though it seems difficult, you know, we we need to hold on to God during this time. It says this life we are living now is just a shadow of the real life we will have in heaven one day. And in Romans 8 18, it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that we will, will be revealed. And in 2 Corinthians 4.17 it says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Our reward is eternal life with Jesus where we will experience peace, no more death, no more tears, no more pain, no more sickness, but just being in the presence of God our Father. And Isaiah 65, 17 to 19, it says, Look, I'm creating something new, a new heaven and a new earth. And no, no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Be glad, rejoice forever, my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people, and the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. What we are going to now is worth what we'll receive. If the Lord never died on the cross or rose again, our faith in Christ would be in vain. What hope would there be for us on this earth? But praise God, we do have hope. So I'm going to take a short break now, and then I'm going to come back to how can we endure these difficult times. I've just touched on the reasons why we go through difficult times, but I want to really just elaborate on when you are in that trial and you are going through a tough time, how can we um, not allow fear, anxiety, and worry to basically take control during these times. So we'll be back after the short break and then we'll continue this discussion. This is Body Matters with Alana Free, and I'm discussing why do we go through difficult times, how we can go through difficult times and just to get to a place where we can just experience hope in this time. So I was just chatting um, just before the break about why we go, what are the, the situations that we, we can go find ourselves in and the reasons for, for going through hardship. But I want to talk about overcoming fear, anxiety and worrying during these difficult times. So especially, you see, I've discussed some of the reasons why we go through difficult times or hardship, and especially in the day and age that we are living in. And there's so much uncertainty going around. People are dying, businesses are suffering and closing down. People need to put food on the table. And it's a reality. That's where we are in, in this time. And I want to touch on how we can endure these times by eliminating fear, worry, and anxiety. So the greatest battle that we might be facing might seem invisible, but that is the state of our minds. And as we know, the enemy always attacks our thoughts. You know, whatever you're going through, he might present lies to us and some form of deception and even place negative scenarios in our thoughts. 
And this can create fear and anxiety. It is not uncommon for us to be overcome with fear and anxiety. But when we don't know, especially when we don't know the outcome of the situation, I know that it's a terrible and frightening place to be. I've been there so many times where everything is so out of your hands and you are worried and you're stressed. There's nothing you can do. But when we are anxious, sometimes the pain or the situation that we are experiencing can seem to be far worse than what is really than what it really is. You see, I'm not trying to eliminate or undermine what people are going through. But our minds sometimes have a creative ability to exaggerate a situation that can cause us to become so overwhelmed at times. And this can cause more stress and anxiety, which can become a vicious circle. I remember also when I, you know, when the first um, COVID came out and, you know, it was like a shock to my system, you know, we're in a world pandemic and, um, you know, all of a sudden, every time you feel an itchiness in your throat or you cough or, you know, you just start, you know, it, it, it gets so out of hand that you become so focused on this problem. And, and you know, as I said, our minds can become so creative that we can sometimes, you know, think ourselves into a situation that has not even happened yet. You know, the enemy wants to paralyze us in our situation so that we are unable to move forward or even think that there's a way out of the situation. Um, I don't know if you remember what fear stands for. I know Joyce Myers always says fear. It says F-E-A-R. Remember, fear is anticipating that something negative is going to happen. And so when we get to a point where we are fearful, it says, Joyce Myers always says it nice, it says it's, it's um, fear is false evidence appearing real. We already perceive something in our mind that has not even happened. And um, our imagination can, can run havoc with us and cause us to feel defeated before anything physically has taken place. And this is also very true for worrying. You know, worrying is just another form of anxiety or fear. When we worry about something that is out of our control, we need to realize that worrying cannot change the outcome of the situation. Fear cannot change the outcome of a situation. Anxiety cannot change the outcome of a situation. Worrying is almost choosing to torment yourself while you are waiting for an outcome that you are not in control of. And so we must remember the minute we operate in fear, worry or anxiety, we have stepped out of God's will. Because in God's will, he only has peace. So the minute you step out of peace, you step into the enemy's territory. And we need to evaluate at that point our thoughts and what we are choosing to believe regarding the situation at hand. You see, the enemy will attack our minds with thoughts that oppose the word of God. This warfare against us is to present us with lies that will cause us to fear. 
Now remember, fear is the opposite of faith. The biggest threat to the enemy is for us to have faith. Because when we have faith, we can believe. We can believe what God says. So in Matthew 21, 22, it says, If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Now the key to an, to an answered prayer is believing that it will happen. To ask God and to believe that it will happen. So the enemy doesn't want our prayers to be answered. When we are fearful, anxious and worried, we are not operating within faith. And God needs us to have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, to be able to work in our circumstances. And when we grow in our faith, we also eliminate fear and anxiety and worry. And so in Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes from hearing the word of God. We overcome the enemy when we step out of fear into faith. So the minute we step into faith, there is a mind shift from what seems hopeless before seems now possible. So in Philippians 4, 8, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So when anxiety and fear and worry sets in, we need to guard our thoughts. We need to take our thoughts captive. And we need to remain focused on the Lord and the good things he says about our situation. You know, sometimes when, um, you know, I'm struggling with fear or anxiety or any of those things, and I am battling to shake it off because it's not an instant thing when you are battling. You know, you it takes time to shake off that negative emotion or that anxiety. And the minute I start taking scriptures out of the Bible regarding fear or anxiety or, you know, I start quoting scriptures that God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. And the more I... Um, continue in the word of God, the more I spend time in the word and pray, it is as if that negative thoughts are replaced with God's word. And so our minds are so powerful at the end that it can determine the outcome of our situation and even our lives. So there's a scripture that says, so a man thinks so he will become, and that's in Proverbs. So our minds are extremely powerful. So as we go through situations, we need to guard our thoughts. No matter how much the enemy comes from all sides, bringing us situations in our in our head that you know this is this is never going to work out. That person will never yield. You know you're never going to pay off your debt. You are never going to get out of this mess the more you believe the lie the more anxious you become but just remember God is greater than the enemy it says he who is within you is greater than is in the world and so we need to shift that mindset in order to get faith because once we have faith God can step in and work in our situation so the choice is ours 
I mean, there was a time when I was sick and I was struggling with fear and anxiety. And I used to get these anxiety attacks that caused me to feel as if I was going to have a heart attack. You feel like you're going to die. And you've got this overwhelming feeling that's just come over you. And you've got no control over that. And I'm sure many of you out there have also experienced that. And I remember the Lord clearly showing me that this is a demonic attack. And that is my personal belief that when you go through an anxiety attack like that, it's the physical demonic attack. And as a Christian, we have authority to rebuke and command that spirit in the name of Jesus to leave us. So there were times when I experienced that anxiety and I would just start praying and say, and, and tell the enemy, I rebuke you, you will leave me alone right now in the name of Jesus. Until I get to a point where I experience just peace and I can feel that whole oppression, that's that fear and anxiety just leaving. And um, so coming back to John 16, 33, Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Okay, so God says when you're in me, you have peace. You don't have anxiety, fear, or worry. When we step into God's presence, we have peace. And it says, in this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, Satan is the ruler of the world. And when we have Jesus Christ in us, we have the authority to command fear, to command anxiety and worry to leave us because that is not part of the spirit that God had given us. And to overcome anxiety and fear, we need to pray, stay in the word, take our thoughts captive, or even just pray in tongues, um, or put praise and worship music on until we experience God's presence and his peace. And once we start doing all these things, um, we overcome the enemy because the enemy cannot stand the word of God. And when we are actively doing spiritual warfare, um, the enemy has to leave. The minute we allow fear, anxiety, or worry to control us, we open the door for the enemy to torment us because that's really what it is. Anxiety is torment. Worry is torment. And I mean, we cannot change anything by worrying. So why worry? <laughs> so Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, this scripture clearly gives instructions. It says, firstly, don't be anxious. Pray about the situation that is making you anxious. Whatever is bothering you, whatever it is, pray about it. Give it to God. And in doing that, we surrender whatever the situation is in his hands. And then thirdly, we need to thank him. It says, thank God. Thank you, Lord, that whatever the situation is, you will work it out. You will take control of it. Thank him already for what he is going to do. Because we know that God will work all things out for good. 
And then lastly, once we've prayed about it, we've, we've gained peace, then it says, then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and mind. And that is when we can surrender whatever is bugging us in God's hands. And it's because of his presence that we can enter into that place of peace. So when we enter into God's peace, irrespective of whether the circumstances has changed or not, we have already overcome the greatest part of the battle, and that is our minds. And I just want to repeat that again. When we enter into God's peace, irrespective of whether your circumstances has changed or not, you have already overcome the greatest part of the battle, and that is the battle in your mind. It is in having peace. It's that peace in the midst of the storm. It's choosing to trust God in our circumstances and keeping the faith. Now, the second part of the battle is keeping the peace. You know, you can get that peace and then the enemy comes again with another thought, with another scenario, another word that will just just to throw you off. But the Bible says in, in Isaiah 26 verse 3, it says, Keep him in, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts in you. When we enter the peace of God, uh, he will reveal to us his heart regarding our circumstances and the truth will set us free. When our minds come into alignment with what the Lord says about our circumstances, we will be able to stand strong in our faith. And we need to know that the promises of God and his word are more real than the emotions that we are experiencing. You know, sometimes our emotions go up and down and, um, you know, but, but God's word is unwavering. So don't trust your emotion. Put your trust in God. The Lord knows that we are weak and there are times when we doubt him. Even when we struggle with doubt, God will not reject us and we need not feel discouraged. The Lord will help us. He will never let us go. We may give up on God. There's times when things are so tough and the situation is so bad and we say, God, I don't even feel like praying anymore. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like doing anything anymore. So just remember, even when you feel like giving up on God, he will never give up on you. And John 10, 28 says, no one will snatch them, where God says, no one will snatch them out of my hands. And God is talking about his people. He's not just going to hand you over to the enemy because you're struggling, um, you know, that because you doubt him. Remember, God is always fighting for us. We are his children. And as a father, he loves us. And God's heart is for us is to stand strong in him. You see, it's not by power. It's not by might. It's by his spirit. It's because we put our trust on him, trust in him that he fights the battle on our behalf when we cannot fight anymore. And it says in our weakness, God is our strength. So if you feel like you just can't anymore, surrender, give it to God and say, God, I am so weak right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. This situation seems hopeless. And say, God, I surrender it to you. I give it now to you. 
So when we battle with unbelief and our faith is low, we can ask the Lord to help us with our unbelief. And in Mark 9, 24, it says, Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Do believe, help me to overcome my unbelief. You see, here he was, he wants to believe, but some part of him has got unbelief. And we can also ask the Lord to increase our level of faith so that we are able to supernaturally trust him, believe him, and he knows that battle inside of us. So when the Lord, I mean, was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he too was in turmoil and anxiety. And he also said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not let your will be done. You see, God understands everything that we are going through. He knows how we reason. He knows our weaknesses. And nothing is a surprise to him. So if you feel like you're in a place where you're struggling and you're doubting God, God understands. But don't give up. Just surrender it in his hands. Tell God, give me that extra measure of faith to believe that you will come through for me, that the final outcome is going to be good. You see, God's spirit inside of us has no fear. And in God's kingdom, there's no fear. Um, You see, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power of love and a sound mind. And we need to remember that we are never alone in our struggles. And the truth is that God is for us and not against us. God is always working behind the scenes for our good, even, even when we don't feel it or even when we don't experience it. All we need to do is just trust. I'm going to take um, a short break and then I'm going to come back with um, how we can get hope during this time Um, You know, in this season where everything is difficult, um, because I believe that we need some hope and encouragement during this time. So we're going to take a short break and then I'll come back to you. Hi, this is Alana Willifee and this is Body Matters. And I was just chatting to you about how we endure hardship, why we go through it, how we can get through it. And I just want to touch on how we can get, get hope in this time. So let's talk about what is hope. You know, hope is an expectation or a desire for a particular thing to happen. So hope is having an expectation that something good is going to come. And hope is always connected to a vision. And when I say a vision, it could even be a situation um, where we can see the final outcome of something being positive. When we have vision, we have purpose, and purpose fuels our hope. You know, hope is that thing that makes you want to get up in the morning, knowing that you have a purpose or a mission in life. Now, I don't know what, where you are at your life at the moment, and you might, as I said, be feeling hopeless. Uh, maybe just in general, maybe there's not even a situation, but you're are just hopeless because of, of what's happening in the world or, you know, you're thinking about your future and you're not sure what the future holds. But I want to tell you that in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, but to give you a future and hope. You see, hope and faith are inseparable. And we spoke about faith earlier on that God says that if you can have faith like a mustard seed, 
he can move on your behalf, on our behalf. So hope and faith are inseparable because faith, it says in the Bible in Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you are hoping for something to happen and you need faith for that thing to happen. And it's the evidence of things not seen. So be, so it takes faith to believe that the vision or the thing that we are hoping for will materialize. Now, hope is always connected to joy. In Proverbs thirteen twelve, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. You see, when we don't have hope, we don't have a vision. It's, we, we end up in a place of hopelessness. And the enemy will always try and steal our hope. When he steals our hope, he steals our dreams, he steals our vision, and he even steals our life purpose. We must remember that one of the enemy's strategies is to prevent us from walking in our God-given purpose. If I look at John 10.10, it says the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and they may have life in abundance. And this life is not just eternal life. This is life on earth. God's heart for us is not to be sick. God's heart for us is not to, to um, live in poverty or, or whatever it is. God's heart for us is to have hope. And, and, and God does say, I mean, we will be in this world. You will have trouble. We will have trouble, but in the midst of all the trouble, in the midst of all this chaos, if we can just have hope and hope filled with joy, because it says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you want to get strength during this time of hardship or wherever you're going through, you need to get joy. You need to get hope. And without hope, we can easily fall into depression. And especially during the times, as I said, we are living in now, depression causes one to feel like life is meaningless and without purpose. And it's also a form of hopelessness. Hopelessness is also rooted in a lie. And when you're feeling hopeless, you are believing a lie. You're believing something negative, maybe not even consciously, but unconsciously. And as a part, and that is part of the kingdom of darkness. So somewhere in your belief system or our belief system, we have substituted a truth for a lie because God is a God of hope. You see, God is not a God of hopelessness. And the minute we step into hopelessness and depression, we already stepped into the enemy's territory. But the minute we step into hope and peace and joy, then we step back into where God wants us to be. So anything that opposes hope is a lie. So if you're feeling hopeless, just remember somewhere in your subconscious you are believing something negative is going to happen. And you might not be um, aware of it consciously. Therefore, ask Holy Spirit to show you the truth in the situation. Because once your, your lie is being replaced with the truth, you have hope. And it says here in Romans 5.13, it says, May 
the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him. It's, I want to read that again. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. The key is when you trust in him, he fills you with joy and peace. And it carries on and it says that, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I struggled with depression many years ago and I remember the overwhelming feeling of hopelessness and everything seemed so meaningless in the scheme of life. I could not visualize my future. I, I didn't have any dreams because everything in front of me, my whole life in front seemed like one big gray cloud. And when you feel like that, it's such a horrible place to be in. And sometimes it's so difficult to get out of that place or that mind shift. Um, but you see, God is so good. And I remember standing at a window one day and it was so cloudy outside and overcast. And, you know, when it's day after day, it's raining. Some people can really get to a point where you're feeling miserable. And I think that day I was just feeling miserable. But God spoke to me and I said to God, you know, God, just so by the way, I just feel like these clouds. And God said to me clearly, because I know these were never my thoughts. God said to me clearly, remember Behind these clouds, the sun always shines. What I felt the Lord was saying was that no matter what we're going through, there's always hope, you know, and I can testify that I've actually overcome that depression, but with, not without a fight. So when we, become, when we become a Christian, our lives can, can't be the same. The Holy Spirit lives within us and is continuously working in our lives, guiding us, healing us, restoring us. And he will reveal to us any wrong thinking or beliefs that we may have about ourselves or the situation that we are in. And in John sixteen thirteen, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And when he tells you what is yet to come, and he will tell you what's yet to come. Besides the Spirit, we also have the Bible, which is the Word of God. If we can identify the lie in our lives, because lies bring hopelessness, it will be easier to overcome depression and hopelessness by renewing our minds Everything that does not line up with the word of God is a lie. We can reject all the old negative ways of thinking and we can replace it with the truth. So transformation begins in the mind. So no matter what you're going through, it's just um, getting to that point where it's a mind shift. It's how do we get through the storm? How do we get through the situation that we are in? And we can choose. We have a choice um, of we of what we're going to be expectant of, you know, and like it's as, as I said earlier on. So a man thinks in his heart, so he will become. So if we start changing the way we think, um, and and having an expectation for good things to happen, no matter how bad the situation, when we can get to a point where we can um, eliminate the fear and anxiety, and say, so you know what. I have no control over the outcome, so I can choose how I'm going to endure the time that I'm going to wait for God to come through for me. You see, it's surrendering to God, taking that peace that he's given us, taking that joy, strengthening our faith, 
having hope because hope and joy and all of that comes together and peace in the midst of the storm. If we can choose that, then no matter what the enemy throws at us, we will laugh at destruction to come because we will know, listen, I've been through that before. I'm not even going to get anxious. I'm not going to get worried because God was faithful in the past and God will be faithful in the future. If I can just take what what situation I am or where I find myself and I surrender to God, if we give it to him, hands off, give it to him, pray, trust, believe, strengthen our faith. God will work all things out for the good of those who love him. And I know sometimes it's so difficult. So no matter what you're going through right now, even when the situation looks dark and overwhelming, remember that God is still in control of the final outcome. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. Don't allow yourself to be anxious and worried and fearful during these times. These times will pass and you can choose, we can choose how we're going to endure these hard times. I just want to end off there and I would just really like to pray for everyone that's listening out there. So if you don't mind, we can close our eyes and I just want to pray whatever God lays on my heart. Heavenly Father, I just want to bring every listener that is out there, that is listening to my voice right now. Father, you know the situations that they find themselves in. You know that we are living in a broken, fallen world. Father, there's so many things happening around us. There's so many um, situations, Father, of loved ones that's passing on or people that are sick. And Lord, you know, we are struggling. People are struggling financially. And the world just seems to be in, in chaos at the moment. So Father, every person out there that's listening to my voice, you know everything about them. I pray that you will strengthen their faith right now, that they will choose to believe that you, Father, are still in control of everything. Father, I pray that even in their weakness, that you will be their strength. And where they doubt, Father, help them with their unbelief. Draw them near to you, Father. Let them experience your goodness. No matter what they are going through, Father, I pray that you will reveal yourself to them in a supernatural way, that you will hear their prayers. Father, you say you hear prayers. I pray that you will answer their prayers, Father, and that whatever those heavy burdens are that they are carrying, Father, that they will place it at the foot of the cross, that they will surrender it and give it to you. And I want to command that spirit of fear, anxiety and worry to leave every person that is anxious right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray God's peace that surpasses all understanding that it will guard your heart and your mind. I pray for the joy of the Lord to be your strength. 
Father, fill your people and everyone that's hearing this voice with your joy. I pray that joy and hope will fill them right now, Father. And every lie that the enemy has told them, I pray that you will expose it. And Holy Spirit, that you'll guide them into truth that they may know, Father, no matter what, you have got them, Father. You've got their back. You've got them safe in the palm of your hands. And you said no one will snatch them from your hands, Father God. And I want to pray for any person right now who has, feels like you've drifted so far from God. You feel like God doesn't you know, you've sinned so much, you've failed, and you know, God doesn't want you. That's a lie, the biggest lie from the enemy. And I want to pray for you today, for whoever wants to recommit their lives to the Lord, or just give your life, um, surrender your life to Him. So you can just repeat after me. Father God, thank you that you have died on the cross for my sins. Thank you, Father, that you our Lord and God over everything. Today, Father, I ask that you will forgive me of my sins, that you will wash me clean with your blood. I surrender my life to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that today I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray God's peace and his blessings over all of you. May you experience him today and during this time and whatever you're going through, just remember, just hold on to God. So yes, unfortunately, this is the end of my program. And if you'd like to comment on this topic, um, just go to Radio K Pulpit's webpage site. And then there's a WhatsApp button, which you can press. And then just say Body Matters, that they know it's my program. And then you can just put your comment there. I would really, really would love to hear from you. So thank you so much for joining me. And we'll meet again next Saturday, same time, same frequency, with more great conversation from me, Alana Willie, for you. Have a blessed week. This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.